0: International
1: Hey everyone, this is Sam Talent. I'm sitting here with Ariel Norman and Brett Vervoort. And this is Leading the Blind, uh, your number one insightful podcast for all the scrappy details of stand-up comedy. The ins, the outs, the nose, the gouts. Uh, I'm Sam Talent. You might have seen me on Comedy Central Roast Battle, Vice Slam, The Chris Gethard Show. Uh, you might have read something I wrote in Vice that I still haven't paid for. It. So... Thank you for having me. Wait, you, you haven't heard this yet, so... But eventually, thank you for having
2: me. If, if the guest is boring, they call. The more calls, the more boring their guest is.
1: Yeah, no, we were kicking it around. Yeah, they're it's... like,
3: can you be less you for a second? <laughs> and really just shop out some personalities you're working on.
1: <laughs> can you turn my headphones down a bit? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty loud. Or, or I'll just whisper. Yeah,
3: Shit. yeah. Mm-hmm. I that, think Ariel's hungover, so
1: we're going to whisper. Oh, I'm hungover too. Yeah, so. well, Yeah.
2: We're all, I finally had a fun time last night. I've been working too hard and being too responsible. And I was like, nope. And what did you know? What do you know? I wrote a bunch of jokes. Got drunk and high and wrote a bunch of jokes. Hell yeah. So that's, that's when I'm, you know, meat, potatoes, beer, weed. That's what I should focus on. Yeah. Um, know your strengths. Yeah. I think that's just what I thrive on. It's yeah. part of my heritage. You know what I mean? Some people thrive on vegetables and stuff, but like I need meat and potatoes and beer and I'm good. I'm good. I uh, like a hangover.
1: Uh, you don't or you do? I do. Mm-hmm. I like it when you're around friends. Because mm. then you have that like golden hour where yes. nothing's real.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I used to. That used to be my favorite part of drinking.
2: Yes, right? Yeah. The next day. Mm-hmm. And then you get to eat a pile of oh, greasy. Yeah. It can
1: be <laughs> disgusting.
2: So it's really the best. My uh, headphones
1: are like off. No, uh, are <laughs>
2: swinging from extremes. You're, it's yeah. passive aggressive. Oh, you want them lower? Do you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, I'm being hazed. Yeah. <laughs> now they're back up and they're very loud. Am I very loud in your guys' ears? You're a little loud. It's okay. a little...
2: No, I'm little good loud. now. That's, yeah. perfect. That's perfect.
1: Yeah, thank you. Okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not a complainer, so it's It's a little loud. Um, uh, eardrums are a luxury. That's how I've always felt. <laughs> yeah. i maintenance. Oh, no. Now I was like all... Oh, there it's back. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, hey, Sam, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Um, you're so funny and <laughs> thank you. I saw you, I think first when I was in Denver a few months ago. yeah, and just you know you blew me away. And
1: Did we do that show in the uh, like the production studio with the white background?
2: I don't know. Okay, that doesn't sound familiar. All but right. I also don't remember things. Um, <laughs> I think I saw you at Comedy Room Room. Oh sure. First, there was some pussy pussy show or something. Yeah, pussy bros. Oh, pussy bros. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um,
1: some pussy shows are much. That'd get a lot more people in the door. The
2: pussy pussy show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they should cool. consider. Um, And then I saw you uh, when you were here for Altercation. And um, yeah, and then Brett has pointed out to me today that you were the person who wrote that piece uh, about being a touring comic.
1: Yeah, on Vice. On Vice, Mm -hmm. which
2: I had read that before I'd seen you. And so today I was like, oh, well, here you go. This is a great starting off, like jumping off platform for this conversation. Uh, Except that instead of jumping off there, I do want to ask, Background information. Sure, <laughs> you started doing comedy in like uh, 2007, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I started doing improv in 2005. I said comedy. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> nice. Come Get them in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I started doing stand up in 2007. Yes, and then improv was playing with a bunch of like widowers and guys who were funny at the office. And I, like, I got to be alone. Okay. <laughs> <up> there. <laughs>
2: there you go. See, that's the, that's the truth. It's not that like no disrespect. To improv if that's a cute little thing you want to do with your time, but Mm -hmm. you're a bunch of you know, dorky losers who just have nothing better to do with your night, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, Oh hobby is the word I was looking for. Yeah, it's like D D. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so
1: It's a place where you have to like be honored and accepted. Like everything you bring to the table is like, people need to find
3: their communities, or they'll make one. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: (laughs) Gay.
3: All
0: right. (laughs)
3: Um, so
2: (laughs) <laughs> so you start okay because i just want to like very quickly tear through sure. your um so if you want to just give us a little bio however much you want to tell
1: uh yeah started in 07 mm-hmm. uh the third time i did stand up was in the finals at the comedy works contest mm-hmm. uh, i definitely failed in that but uh, <laughs> i worked my way there the first like f- so that was the fourth time the first time i went up and it was very bad uh, then the second two times I was in the contest at Comedy Works, the first round, and I moved on. The second round, I moved on. The third round, everyone was like, who's this kid? But No one had ever seen me before. Yeah. Uh, and they all hated me. They all sure. detested me because they, they they thought that I, like, knew the judges or something. Ah, uh,
2: you're blowing the judges. Yeah. yeah. And I was,
1: like, 18, 19 at the time. Well, I <laughs> little, guess I was 19. little
2: Twinkie Sam talent to <laughs> <Yeah. grew laughs> all the judges. Mm-hmm. Or went down on them. I don't know if they were I was
1: naturally hairless at the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah so. It was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I was just one big cue ball. What happened? You
2: know? We
1: just <laughs> started drinking milk
2: here all right yeah,
1: this is all milk hair uh yeah and then i moved away to ithaca new york to kind of live on a commune and be in bands so you did I, yeah
2: on a commune
1: yeah i lived in the, an anarchist compound oh wait
2: that's 2008
1: that was 2008 into 2009
2: okay 2000. parts of
1: oh seven. i
2: was starting to listen to a podcast about you on the way over here and i did not get this far so oh yeah no, now right. I'm, I'm caught up to yeah to, okay or you're caught up to me so on an anarchist compound yeah a
1: goblin house Ithaca, new york <laughs>
2: And were you doing comedy in any way there?
1: Not at all. No, I was in a band with my best friend who went to school at Ithaca. So I was like in college and I was like, I'm out of here. This sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go live in the van for a while and just be on the road. And that's how I kind of figured out how to be a working stand-up was from all those years in the van.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: So, yeah. And then I came back to Colorado and like really started hitting mics really hard. 2010? Well, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, let's see. 2005, I was 18. So, yeah, I was... I was 20 when I started hitting mics real hard so like 2009 2010 okay because I couldn't get into a lot of the mics in Denver Mm -hmm. because I was so young and they were all at bars and stuff right um yeah and then just attacked it ever since then
2: so in 2009 you you're back in Denver
1: yeah and it's like this is like a period of like 18 months where I was kind of floating like I was on the road I was in Ithaca I really I ate a bunch of acid so like Mm -hmm. that time is kind of lost Right. like it's just like condensed into a couple pinpoints that i can really put my finger but on you
2: learned how to travel yeah. uh, on the road mm-hmm. and and kind of book gigs
1: how to make merch how make to merch. uh you know book a tour all that stuff
2: well it's useful useful acid hippie time that you had yeah. there then
1: no i'm glad i did it but you yeah know.
2: and the, the comedy scene in denver I, you kind of were alluding to this in the podcast i was listening to but when did it get good
1: uh, it was always good. Okay. So even before, like, uh, the Grolix guys really mm-hmm. blew up, they were they were the class ahead of me. Yeah. So I, like, looked up to them. But even before that, like, the comedy works was so good that mm-hmm. there's just been a history, like, since Roseanne, pretty much, of just, like, rippers. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry I keep looking at her, but she's asking Oh, no, questions. it's okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Denver's always been really solid. And then it just kind of bloomed because then the Grawlix guys created, like, a DIY footprint that we all yeah. ripped off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. There was never like the Squire Lounge on Tuesdays was the best open mic. It was the meanest mic in America, is what Punchline Magazine said. And it was just a murderer's row from like top to bottom. You would just, I just sit there and be like, oh, I hope I enough to follow this guy. Oh no, I have to follow her. Oh no, yeah. this is terrible. And then you'd go up, and luckily you did well, or you wouldn't go up again like for yeah. a month, you know.
2: Well, because I think maybe you were just being humble. You were saying that you know you getting to the third to the finals of that competition yeah your third time was because it wasn't as strong then as it is now
1: no i don't even want to say that i think i just had like an undeniable charm and i was so uh, excited because there was so much fear okay. i just remember being so afraid like i wrote jokes for the second round that day right and then went and did them on stage because i didn't have the seven minutes i needed you know i had like yeah. five so yeah no everyone was super strong also those contests are like you know you've got people who do stand up once a year in right. the contest so the field's not always that strong gotcha but uh Yeah, no, I think Denver's been very good pound for pound for years now. Well, that's
2: a feeling that I got when I was there because I knew, you know, that it was like, you know, supposed to be a great comedy scene. Everyone's like, you'll have the greatest time. But I was trying to figure out because that was the first time I've been to a city where I was like, okay, this is. This is better than Austin Like Austin is great In all these ways There's all this stage time And whatever And that's been developing But I But you know Most of the cities I'm like Atlanta's comparable In a lot of ways Even Mm -hmm. Boston's comparable In a lot of ways But in Denver I was like fuck Yeah i there's a lot of and i I, what i realize is there's people at more levels we have these gaps here of you know the the people keep moving to la or new york and so like it leaves these gaps between skill levels whereas in denver it's just like a thick (laughs) layer of each uh and so yeah i was like i I just assumed that denver's scene has been as well established for a lot longer Mm -hmm. than
1: We've had a chip on our shoulder the whole time because we were such a flyover state, you know? It's mm. so like people would be like, oh yeah, Chicago's great, Austin's great, you know, all these other scenes. Minneapolis is great. And then people would shit on Denver.
0: Why? That's crazy. Because
1: they never, you know, we never got any respect. Mm. Uh, so we always knew we were good. And I think that we have a lot of that Boston style of like, look, you all got to shut up and listen to me because mm-hmm. some of the forefathers of Denver comedy came from Boston. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Denver's always been like, this is my time and I'm going to kill and yeah. I don't care what you guys are doing. Yeah. We're a lot more like, uh, mean, I don't want to say aggro, but we're definitely like, you know, we're there to kill. We're Tough. not, we're not working stuff out. We're like there to murder.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you're hitting Mike's hard in 2009, 2010, whenever you get back, um work me through the stages of your career since then
1: uh let's see uh hit mics every night because a lot of people i respected were like if you don't get on stage excuse me someone's getting funnier than you Mm -hmm. and i lived in you know just a big punk house uh so my i had very little overhead so i quit working i would just like get enough money through illicit means illegal means whatever i had to do to uh pay like 250 bucks a month to live in this giant punk house yeah and just mic every night you know just it was i was fully inundated with comedy just that's all i did um i didn't take a year off. i didn't take a night off for like Besides, like, Christmas and family obligations, I was up at every show I could be on yeah. for years and years. Yeah. Then eventually I started running my own mic. Uh, then I started. I took over the Squire Lounge, ran that show. Uh, me and my friend started the Fine Gentleman's Club, uh, ran that for six years, and that was a weekly show. And, like, the Grawlix had a monthly show, which was the coolest show in town, and we yeah. were like, we're going to do that every week because we mm-hmm. were young and stupid and didn't know any better. Yeah. And it was awful for, like, a year, but then eventually it paid off, and we had a very great show we had like Chappelle on that show you know we got a lot of huge names that were at the comedy works um and just passing through so yeah i got to meet a lot of people that came through there and i would also go on the road and just like hit mics in a city for like five days and come home you know and just like call in favors like i sleep on your couch like i'll figure the rest of this out yeah i mean so i created this weird network of people that you know knew i was funny that's the big thing cause a lot of comics are like hey how do i get on the road and it's like "Well, you have to kill every time yeah you have to be undeniably funny or else they're not gonna want you to come to town you know so yeah and then uh the comedy works i, I had my issues with them uh, and eventually it all worked itself out and i got put on the almost paid list where you get a host on weekends hmm. uh, and from there eventually i got moved up to the paid list and uh, like hosted red rocks for a while, and. Uh, but I've been on the road pretty much hardcore for like six or seven, go oh, I guess eight years now. You know.
2: So you've been doing comedy for a little over ten years. Yeah, yeah. And so most of that time, how much time do you spend on the road?
1: Uh, last year, I did over two hundred days on the road. Uh, I think it was like something like t- two hundred and seven days on the road last year.
2: And um, what was I going to ask? Oh, are you self booking everything? Yeah,
1: I don't have anyone working for me.
2: Yeah, so how much do you cold call people, clubs versus it's all people that you know or networked with?
1: So for a while, it was you hit up your funny friend in that town and you asked them about all the good shows. Like, what's the good shows in Austin? Mm-hmm. What pays a little bit? You try and cobble together as much you know money as you can because yeah. I didn't have any. Like, I didn't have a job. Mm -hmm. So that would kind of like made me have to work really hard at making sure I made money and then you go and kill them They're like hey come back in September. We've got this like weekend you can do or you know I know this guy in Kansas City like you should hit him up, you know, or like, uh, you know There's these ladies that book like a run through Massachusetts down to Delaware or whatever and yeah Yeah, so you just get connected that way and now I'm lucky that like clubs are hitting me up I've never been like a cold call guy Mm -hmm. because I don't I know there's so many funny people and I don't ever, like, want to be one of those assholes who's just, you know, fucking knocking on your door. Yeah. Um, I've never been, like, a good emailer. I mean, I could probably be doing a lot more, like, lucrative-wise. Like, yeah. I could be making more money if I had more of a awful business instinct. Right. But I come from that, like, DUI. And I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be humble. It's just, like, I could be doing better for sure, but like, no, I'm but happy is, with what I have, you know? Right. This is the
2: kind of thing I want to hear about, because I, my inclinations are not emailing and cold calling and trying to work my way up or schmooze my way up through the stepping stones of the, you know, whatever. Like this whole DIY thing, this whole building your audience, building your network, building whatever is, is, you know, what I probably want to know about.
1: And I never like went and hosted at clubs. Mm -hmm. Like if people would offer me feature work, I would maybe do it once and then I'd be like, I would be up there head hunting. I'd be trying to bury the headliner. Yeah. So then next time you have to come back as a headliner, you know? So like I never really... Did all those skipping stones. I just, like, wanted to go in and headline.
0: Yeah.
2: Because
1: I knew I would kill. Like, that's right. the one thing I always know is, like, if you give me the shot, yeah, I'll do the damage. All I need is the shot. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Do you uh, think, because
2: I've heard that before, like, that if you're featuring, then you shouldn't bury the headliner. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do about that. Like, oh, what are you yeah. supposed to tell, like, mediocre jokes that aren't, uh, are you supposed to be low energy? Like, is, is, so that's not a real thing in your mind.
1: I've never, I've, I mean, I've come, I'm pretty competitive. Yeah. Like, you know, so I'm trying to. Like wreck their weekend. Yeah, and I've definitely had comics like move me to host. Yeah, you know, like like Thursday night I'll go up and kill and and Friday they're like, Hey, you're gonna do like uh, like twenty five tonight, and then Saturday night they're like, Hey, we're gonna like uh, you're gonna go up and do like twenty up front, and then we're gonna have these people go in the, between a little buffer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh huh. <laughs> that's another Denver thing is like we were always trying to make it the worst weekend that the headliner ever had. That's awesome. You know, I mean, like those lineups would be like christy bukeley hosting like me doing 10 and then ben roy doing 20 and then yeah. bob saget has to go up and do yeah. his fucking grab ass <laughs> act you know uh, there's so many times where the headliner comes out during the host set at comedy works and they're like what's he doing he's yeah. trying to hot dog me from the host set and it's like oh this is what they always do yeah. this is just this is just a saturday night at comedy works that's you know? so
2: great because yeah. you know, i need to spend more time in denver you know what austin <laughs> comics are listening be more like that we make our scenes so much better a bunch of fucking weak
0: and
1: Wendy, the owner of comedy works always encouraged that she yeah. was like i'm here i want you here because you're gonna kill yeah so like don't pull any punches that's awesome yeah yeah
2: fucking all right Denver. <laughs> mm-hmm. i love that so much okay so let's talk about your article um or what is that what we call things
1: yeah it's totally know, it likes. was it was a, it was actually a fiction piece you know
2: yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Like, how? I mean, how it's much all pulled from
1: real experience and stuff, but it was framed in the way that it was supposed to be like... They also, like, I sent them that thing, and they were like, oh, it's, I sent them like 5,000 words, and they were like, we love it, it's great. We need 1,200 words. Yeah. So they went through and they just chopped out every bit of redemptive stuff in that and just <laughs> left the bleakest parts of it.
2: Right. And it also, it struck me... Okay, so what's, what's the article called? Uh, it's like, why uh, making people laugh for... A l- living sucks
1: yeah which was not the title that i gave <laughs> what was the
2: title
3: you
1: gave I, I can't remember but it wasn't it wasn't anything negative making lost. money
2: making people laugh isn't that bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> has its moments i think it was just has called it's joke redeeming. life actually it's a roller coaster oh uh,
1: yeah and yeah, then and they were know. like oh we're gonna attach some buzzwords to this so yeah. it's clickbait Click, clickbait you know? title yeah.
2: well it worked on me and brett so oh you know, yeah wait,
1: wait, i wait. mean comics responded and i mean i'm that's i'm as proud of that as they of anything i've done the fact that comics like it
2: yeah but it also struck me that it, it was pretty negative. And that's interesting to hear you say that they cut out all this positive stuff. Because I remember being like, come on, don't tell me that shit. Like, yeah. I'm trying to want to do this.
0: Like, well, yeah. I well,
2: want to leave my wife at home
0: and do this. Like, yeah.
3: man. I mean, I feel like the overall tone of it wasn't that sad. Because, like, yeah. even in the weird, like, sad moments, it was almost kind of, like, bittersweet. Just, like, when you just see everybody dancing at the end of Last Call kind of yeah. beautiful
2: yeah. thing. Yeah, awesome you know? human moments that
3: you
1: yeah. get to. Be a part of, I think it was more haggard into like hollow haggard. and tired. I yeah. think it read like someone who'd been on the road for 40 days, yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I appreciate that you guys liked it, but
2: at the end, you know, you kind of have this thing where you're like, oh, well, like, hopefully one day I'll be able to take my wife to Monaco. And I mean, and and it struck me like some of the things that you were saying in there from what I was just hearing in the um podcast I was listening to it sounds like that kind of has come true like you got well, you just got to go to Hawaii before your wedding yeah and now you maybe are taking her to we went to Italy you did, go to, you did go yeah. to Italy so I mean yeah. I know that the article just came out like a year ago but it almost seems like things are already looking up
1: things Checking are great out the boxes yeah uh, definitely and like you know, the fact that we were able to go to Italy with, like, $2,000 of, like, honeymoon money that we'd saved. Mm-hmm. And then I had, like, an extra 1700 that I was able to save. So it was, like, cool that, you know, we're here and also, like, we don't have to penny pinch. And all those lonely nights that we both had away from each other, like, this is what we're working for, yeah. you know? Like, this is what it'll be one day. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it was it was very reaffirming for sure.
2: How long have you been with your wife?
1: Uh, We've been together for about seven years at this point.
2: So she has put up with the touring from the get-go.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, since day one, she's been, uh, she she knows what I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's very, there was, you know, she's so driven and just swallowed by her school Mm -hmm. that uh, in the past when I had uh, partners that were like, more boring Mm -hmm. you didn't have anything going on you know it's like they want to hang out on Friday and Saturday and they don't understand but like she totally gets it like I'm widowed by her med school Yeah. like when I'm home I have breakfast ready you know I have dinner ready but it's not like we're broing down you know like we're not hanging out. We're not watching Netflix. Like, she's doing her thing. So when I'm gone, it's, like, it's kind of the same thing as if I was yeah. home.
2: So when do you guys get to spend time with each other?
1: Uh, we, we definitely, like, prioritize. But at the same way, like, I understand that she has this stuff to do. So, yeah. you know, it's like the fact that she'll do her homework instead of the office we have in the house. She does it at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And I'll be on the other end of the kitchen table writing. Yeah. And we're there together. Mm-hmm. But it's not like our attention's on each other. Right. You know, so it's uh, we have dinners. You know, and a lot of it's just her decompressing. It's not like our conversations at dinner are, like, winning. It's <laughs> like she's, like, able to have a half hour of not learning about the renal system. Yeah. So it's like I'm just there, you know, trying to make her laugh and stuff. Yeah. And just It's a lot of her, like, venting and me being like, yeah, that's fucked. That teacher sucks, dude. I'm so sorry, you know.
2: Do you think that then your being gone so much actually has a lot of positive impact on the relationship? Like, missing each other and not being in
1: her way? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I think the fact that she's such a – she's just, like – you know I've not had I've never known a woman like her uh, that I've been in a relationship with so it's a lot her being just like awesome and then it is the fact that when I am home it means a lot more Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know a lot of people who have that you get complacent because you're just around each other a lot and the little shit that I I have have a lot of fucking little annoying things that I do yeah, uh, and she does too but we don't dwell on those because I don't just sit there and hear the way that she you know chews on her straw you know
2: See, this is what I've been saying. Like, there's a, there's a part that, of me that's worried, you know, having a wife and wanting to be gone all the time. But I'm like, I've known from the beginning that it's going to be so much better for a relationship. The more I travel, the better it is. Because then you get to miss each other. Yeah. Like, so many of the problems about long-term monogamy are really solved if mm-hmm. you're just gone a lot.
1: Yeah. As long as you, I mean, and we are, like, totally monogamous, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, and I know a lot of guys well, who cheat on. Yeah, they're sad. Yeah, and it's like, those guys... I hate them so much.
2: Yeah, that sucks. It's gross, and you know, and then and then they make movies sometimes, and then you're like, "Well, honey, don't watch that movie about that comic Mm because let's not put those ideas in your head." Yeah, because that is. Do you want to have kids ever?
1: That's up in the air. She always wanted kids, and I for a long time I was like, "Yeah, you know, I want kids," but now that she's working so hard on school and the payoffs still 15 years down the road, that it's like, when are you going to be able to be a human being? And she's kind of seeing that side of the argument now. Yeah, because it's like she would have to have kids in the next three years before she does like her residency and all this stuff that you know she has responsibilities of. So
3: yeah, that's a double. That's like a lot of being
1: tired, just going from (laughs)
3: residency to kids.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when are when are you going to have time to reap these rewards of all this work that you're doing? Yeah, that
2: is that is terrifying because I do want to have kids and it's like, how are we going to pull this off?
1: Well, I'm pretty selfish too. Like I like being able to do whatever I want, you know, and I like having to I like being able to travel and have this yeah. great elaborate friend group you know across the country and she's always like well, who's going to take care of us when we're old and it's like your money yeah you know? like, your <laughs> yeah. doctor money yeah, we, will uh, be there. We've,
2: we've figured that out in our society yeah um yeah i'm just going to try to get like a bunch of friends to move here and help if we can have like six parents to one kid ratio sure. i think that could work well yeah all right so do you have like some long-term goals for your career that you want to be headed toward?
1: Yeah. I want to get my book published. Oh. I'm like, uh, about, I'm right around 20 p- pages, maybe 15,000 words to being done with this novel that I've been working on for the last like 18 months, a novel, pretty much since we moved to Vegas. Like I've just been in, cause I write short stories and stuff, but now I've been writing this thing that I'm proud of. And like, I think it's very good and being able to get that published First of all, it's a big chunk of change. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get an actual like publishing deal, that'd be great to have that money. And then also I could book tour in the daytime and go sell books. And then at night I could be, I could just double oh, my income. Oh yeah, that's you know? a great idea. Yeah. So that way if I'm out for three days, it's actually like I'm out for six days. Yeah. Cause for a long time I did like, you know, I did like 56 days on the road one time mm-hmm. and that was while we were together. And she proposed to me during that time. She like flew into new Orleans oh. about 30 days into the tour And I was there for four days. And she proposed to me there. And my parents flew in and surprised us. And it was this beautiful moment. But then after that happened, it was still on the road. You know (laughs) what I mean?
2: uh, What a funny... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what's your novel about?
1: Uh, It's about like a a stand-up who's like been... His shot's missing. He never got it. You know, he had his chance and he did fine. But... He's still on the road So you're, di- and he's like 56.
2: You're dissipating your fear through this book.
3: Oh yeah. This it's just
1: the guy I don't want to turn into. Yeah. You. Yeah. That's
2: a great, that
3: seems very cathartic. Yeah. So if they made this into a movie, like they pick up the book yeah. and then they decide to adapt it. Mm-hmm. Who would you want to be cast? I'd want you, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Yeah.
1: Cause this guy has a terrible cocaine problem. Awesome. You know, he drinks way too much. <laughs> he, uh, he eats terrible. It's just all the things that the road can do to you. You yeah. know, his wife left him cheated on her like his kids he hasn't talked to his kids in a couple years he's just like a real piece of shit you know and it's not that funny you know (laughs) people are like oh you're writing a book it's got to be funny i'm like no it's very bleak
2: i love that so you can after your comedy shows that are so happy and jubilant yeah then sell this book about this failed comic that's not funny (laughs) right i love that Uh, i think merch table
1: (laughs) that's merch for sure you know um but yeah like the idea of I've gotten so close to the industry, I mean, I'm involved in the industry, I've got a couple of TV credits and people at, you know, big places like me, mm-hmm. but I, what am I going to do? Like write for guy code, you know? Right. Like what's the, what's the outcome if right. you're not uh, at the top of the industry?
2: And you moved to Vegas. Yeah. When was that?
1: That was uh, 18 months ago.
2: Okay. So, and why Vegas?
1: My wife got into school there. Oh, okay. It was at the bottom of both of the lists that we made yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: i was wondering i was like were y'all shooting for vegas definitely no,
1: not, not no
2: um so are you able to work at casinos and stuff i mean yeah that, i know.
1: headlined at planet hollywood on the strip for about two weeks oh, okay and i eat shit all yeah. the time uh <laughs> yeah and then they brought in this italian juggler to replace me yeah <laughs> Because, I mean, I wasn't doing well. What they wanted. The staff liked me. Right. They brought me in because they'd seen me and they liked how I was. But just doing that for the people who go to those shows, like, my act didn't translate
2: some juggling god you couldn't hold a candle to the juggler. he
1: was amazing he's a fifth generation vaudeville guy That's, so I don't want to shit on should, him you know, let's
2: not juggle shame he's no. not
1: no fuck him man <laughs> yeah, that little
2: why would you even learn such a stupid <laughs>
1: foolish art? Well, he's a tumbler he eats glass he does everything
2: oh uh, yeah well then that is pretty entertaining when they start eating glass for stuff. sure um, <laughs> the risk has to be high to get
3: Ariel in the roof.
0: <laughs> like, yeah.
3: Someone's got to be juggling chainsaws. Yeah. Fire I has I to be
0: used. someone
2: mm-hmm. to be able to die. I
3: want,
1: I want the a possibility. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. So, so, but you're traveling a lot of the time anyway. So I'm like,
1: traveling more now.
2: Even yet, yeah, just never in Vegas.
1: Well, in Denver, I had four sources of income. In Denver, I was making like 400 to 450 just a week in Denver. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that was... Fucking two grand a month right. just doing stand up. And then I'd go on the road. And so, you know, it was income revenue. I was making a lot of money in Denver. yeah uh, Now it's like to make the same or close to the same amount of money, I have to be gone right. a lot more because there's just not any work in Vegas.
2: And have you ever considered? I mean, I know your wife um, has dictated a lot of where you're going to live, but have you ever considered LA and New York?
1: Um, it, we, we applied to a school in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily went and took the tour. And she would have had to have been on the train an hour to get to Harlem from where we could afford to live and then an hour home. Yeah. So it just, it wouldn't work for her. That was my number one pick. Right. I wanted that very much because I could just work, 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 work and get better and better. So, I mean, L.A., it, the weather's great. I got a lot of friends there, but it's ruined a lot of I agree. people that are very funny that have moved there from Denver, or from other scenes. Mm-hmm. Like even my friends who, like I work, like my buddy Chris Tier got JFL and got a Kimmel set, and he still is never booked for anywhere. He still doesn't have any management, still yeah. doesn't have any agent, and he's as funny as they get.
2: I know. I, yeah, I, I know? met him when I was in LA. Yeah. And yeah, I had no idea how funny he was going to be. And mm-hmm. it just, and, and effortlessly, but that's the thing about all the LA comics. They're all miserable right. because there's not enough stage time, there's not enough. I don't, you know, they're all they're all worried about what they're doing and oh, whether yeah. the opportunities are really going to happen, and it just the seems
1: competition drives to get them to TV madness. Credits, yeah,
2: yeah, but and everyone around you has all these credits, and it's you it know... it doesn't matter
1: because you see people who've made it and they're still trying to scrape out stage time mm-hmm. at like some of the shows you're trying to get on, and you can't get on.
2: It's crazy out you know there. What I
1: mean, it's brutal. It's oh. a real widowmaker.
2: <laughs> Do you like have an ideal? way for your career to go or like kind of where to end up however you want to think about it
1: just get into clubs you know i'm in clubs more and more now um and not that clubs are like the best place for comedy but it's great to know what paycheck you're getting yeah it's great to have a place to stay when they offer travel that's Mm -hmm. amazing too you know so yeah just keep working just keep try not you know i don't want to be unfunny that's always number one just keep getting funnier and funnier and funnier Um, But yeah, I think the book thing would be great because then maybe, you know, I could teach somewhere, you know, or I could, uh, I could do a bunch of different things that weren't just having stand up as your main source of income is so tough because like we on that Joan Rivers documentary where she's Mm -hmm. like, you want to see what fear is? and It's empty holes on her calendar and she pulls up her calendar. She's been doing it, what, 50 years? Mm -hmm. and She's still going through the same stuff I am where... She wants to make sure that her. Wait, April didn't she booked. die? Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, okay. yeah. You just mean while you were watching the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what, what is the goal for a club comic? Plus, yeah. you know? yeah, so it just
3: like uh, it's like twice the amount of revenue for the same amount of time mm-hmm. that you're
2: doing, if you can, if you can sell some books and, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any sites set on TV movie stuff? I mean, some specials and.
1: Yeah, I mean, I submitted for the half hours, submitted for those Netflix 15s. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in all the, I'm in the running for all those yeah. things. Um, and you know, like everyone in Hollywood tells me, it's just a weird time to be a bearded white guy. You yeah. know, like everyone's getting their shine because we had it for a long time, and I'm not mad at it. But you know, it's just like there's not a lot of slots left. All on you these can do is just keep things. submitting to those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like people who have made it respect me, and they're always looking out for me and stuff, and. I'm grateful for that that I've proven myself to be funny but like I mean what you get a half-hour it's 20 grand yeah and that's cool but then it's chopped up you know to what 12 grand maybe if you're lucky so it's I don't know and also like there's not a Carson obviously like I submit to Conan and they like me but my shit's so weird that they don't know what to do Yeah, you know and I'm like what about John Daly you know what about Rory and they're like well those guys were already like kind of made it before it's not like they popped Conan you know what I mean so, yeah, it's just, it's weird, man. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't turn down work on television or TV yeah. or movies, but I've never, I didn't get into this to be a movie star, right. you know? Like, I love stand-up. I love being in the room. I love the crowd. Right. So, yeah, if I can just keep getting more money for stand-up, like, that's what I want.
2: So, I guess it, a lot of times when people go to L.A., they're hoping to get maybe if they can get some into some movies or TV stuff sure, then the commercials commercials as well you really make money but like if you get if you get more famous then you can become a nationally touring headliner mm-hmm. um, so in that sense right like that would work if someone if some friend of yours called up and said hey I get to make this movie and I would like you to be in this movie it would be like but so that's the kind of thing where like you're just saying I'm just going to keep working at being funnier and funnier Mm -hmm. now I'm writing this novel that's a way I can get a source of income I'm going to continue to build relationships and work more and more at at more and more clubs and and other you know places uh, where you're renting or whatever you know sharing the door whatever it is and um, submitting to the things that you can submit to and Hopefully, one day you're going to get another break and then another break and then another break in terms of being able to you know do stand up at the highest levels and yeah. get paid more and more and more.
1: but I mean, I don't know what it I don't know what that the end be. game is, right you know, because like one time I was having a conversation with uh, with Bukley and Ben Roy. Uh, and Becky was complaining about not getting this thing and I we listened to her and then it was my turn to complain about not getting this thing that was further up the ladder mm-hmm. and then Ben Roy who has his own television show was complaining about not getting anything so it's just it never gets better right you know what i mean like there's no there's no end in sight yeah. even once you get that ephemeral thing then it's as soon as it's over it's like what's next right. you know what i mean like i did that comedy central's roast battle and i won my battle and i felt great for a week afterward and then it was like Okay, so now I got their logo on my flyer,
0: yeah. which
1: is translated to more money on the road and easier to get into places, but still, like, yeah. you know, what what's after that?
2: So you'll never be satisfied.
1: I just don't think there's any... I mean, yeah. what is there to be satisfied with? Yeah, You know, unless you're, like, at the very top and you're doing theaters.
2: And even then, you know, your comedy career might be ruined by...
1: Oh, yeah. Some of your sins. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> thank God I don't have any. I know, right? As soon as all that stuff came out, I was like, okay, what have I done, you know?
2: Well, hopefully nothing. You don't seem like yeah. the kind of guy, but then that's what we always say. I know. You know,
1: I know. I did a very long inventory. My wife was even like, look, what's... <laughs> <What are> you, <laughs> you got new skeleton. Is there blood on your hands? <laughs> Cause I don't want to read in the art, like think pieces. And I was like, no, I never. I'm good.
2: Only all the fucked up jokes I tell. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm like.
1: Also, they're jokes though. Yeah. So, like fuck you if you can't take a joke. Yeah.
2: Hopefully that'll be fine. Um, I think you know, being married and everything, hopefully helps. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know,
2: you're like a
3: president running a campaign. Just like it looks good. It looks good on paper. Married. <laughs> yeah, got the whole
2: setup. Yeah. Good. Okay, so. I don't know, I'm so hungover that I'm like, I, I haven't asked any of my normal questions. I mean, what can you tell us about building a career um, where you're booking your own shows and touring around the country?
1: So do you want to like narrow that down a little bit?
2: Well, I, like, okay. So from what I'm hearing from you and from other people, like, and, and from my own experience, I can keep building... This kind of DIY situation. I've met more and more people. I travel whenever I can and yeah. um, and make connections. I haven't been working my way up through the club system, even here. I mean, I you know do some stuff at the Valve, and one day I'll headline the Valve. And um, I should ask to work at Cap. There's no reason Definitely. not to. It's kind of insane, but I've been putting it off for a long time. Um, but I'm officially. today is my four-year anniversary you're doing comedy guys oh congrats thank you survivor yeah well i have a bachelor's in comedy now right yeah yeah (laughs) i am making more money with comedy than i ever did on my psychology degree which is a big fat zero (laughs) so um but yeah so obviously i can keep working at cap i'm just going to turn this in to give me advice i guess sure yeah no fuck (laughs) fuck (laughs) everybody else but hopefully it'll apply to a lot of people um it's so, to me, I'm like, I think what to do next is, yes, to, to ask to work at CAP, um, to apply to things like Laughing Skull. I don't know if Bridgetown isn't even going to happen anymore. No, they're done they're for. done right. I uh, think
1: they sold it. So, it's not going to be, the, if they do it again, it's not going to be the same thing.
2: Ah uh, right yeah so we'll see. Um, there's like a, a few festivals like that and competitions that might work and of course Funny Person Austin contest always yeah. good opportunities and hoping to get put on the JFL audition and there's stuff like that. Um, and but then on top of so other than that kind of club system, hoping for JFL kind of stuff like then you can also just do this stuff on your own where yeah you meet people in other cities and then you figure out how to get booked on all their little diy shows Mm -hmm. and you can make some money and increasingly making more money doing that but i guess um when like when you're making connections with club like let's say that you're going where's the next city you're going to
1: i'm going to appleton wisconsin and what the skyline comedy club skyline comedy club yeah
2: how did you get into that one
1: uh so the the, one of the good ways is if you see your friend Mm -hmm. or someone you have a positive relationship is working at a certain club Mm -hmm. you hit them up and you're like hey who first of all can i feature for you Mm. um that's a good way to get in and then you go but then also like your friend knows that you're going to go up there trying to kill right like it's not a good deal for your buddy right um so yeah you just ask them like hey you think i could get the booker's email and can you put a word in for me? Mm-hmm. And then you just email that way.
2: So it's really like... So it's I, not I'm, like
1: it's a cold email. Right. But it's like, hey, uh, you know, Kyle Kinney and Sean Patton told me to contact you, you know?
2: Right. So I'm overcomplicating it because essentially that's what I do to get booked on any DIY show anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing for the club. For you're sure. just still trying to get a booker's email and you're still just going to be like, hey, good person to name drop suggested this. Here's mm-hmm. my whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I've overcomplicated this for a long time.
1: Yeah. It's just the same thing, but at different levels. And also if you keep going to those cities for long enough, like Pat Dean Mm -hmm. books the valve. Yeah. So it's like your friends get put in position of power sometimes, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they become managers or they get they become producers. So then it's like, you know, you're able to not have to call in a favor through a third party. You can just go right to them or they offer it to you, you know, or like with the skyline, like they booked the room in Milwaukee and I did that room, and then she was like, hey, why don't you come and do Skyline? So now it's two club dates a year, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or like uh, like Lucy at uh, Zaney's in Nashville, like she now books uh, the one in Huntsville. They have a club in Huntsville, so it's like there's two weekends a year, you gotcha. know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Okay, so I guess my, my question is, to what extent is it just, I'm gonna build all of this as I go along, and the more that I travel and, and the better I get in all this, it, and to what extent are there any are there things that I should be doing whenever I'm traveling um, that you could tell me your things? Uh, you gotta hang out.
1: Like, yeah. You know you gotta go to mug shots after the show. Mm-hmm. Uh Wherever you are, you gotta go. You gotta hang out. You can't leave the show early unless you have a different set. Right. You know, which is if anyone ever gets mad at you for that shit, right. fuck them. Right. You know, you're working. Um, and you just have to kill. Yeah. Like that's the, well, all I can really only advise is like people if people remember you and they're talking about what you did like a week later like right it's gonna be so much easier because so many people come through town come through austin that know like four people then they meet the rest of the crew or whatever and there's so many segmented parts of different scenes where there's like the black rooms you know and like the more diy like queer friendly rooms then there's like you're just your classic bar circuit mm-hmm. and there's so. i mean i did triple runs you know i've done indian casinos mm-hmm. i've done tough sheds and you know fucking rural New Mexico I've gone everywhere yeah. every source of income I can have through stand up so like I can work in front of every crowd yeah. which I'm insanely grateful for the fact that I did all those awful fucking seven nights in a row for $100 a night featuring yeah. when I was didn't even half a half hour you know mm-hmm. just like you can't you gotta, you gotta just do all the right things because there's so many funny people but if you're really funny and you're friendly and you're a good hang all that lame shit really yeah. adds up you know be yeah. funny be nice don't be difficult
2: i think that like being a good hang thing is something that i need to actively work on um one i mean it's, it's, but well, we hung thing. out
1: at el chorito and nothing but charming
2: oh well, thank you i mean yeah. i no, i can be a good time but like wasn't the pro- your wife in town too yeah yeah see that was great i know i love it when i can have my wife with it she's a great ambassador for me for yeah. one thing um she's makes me a more sympathetic character I like this name. <laughs> she endorsed you Exactly. I'm like, look, you see see how nice and cute she is? She's very sweet and kind and fun and and genuine. She married me, so I must be okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. Um, (laughs) My wife's just a tool in my, she's just another arrow in my quiver. Just (laughs) the
2: cutest little tool. Um, (laughs) uh, So, but I don't do it as much as I'd like to. Sometimes, I mean, I've been trying to get my work scheduled to stop putting me, having to wake up at 6 a.m. as much. And I've kind of got that. But um, I don't know. I get very tripped up. Okay, I'm going to be very specific. Uh, I feel like I should be high all the time. It just improves my personality and my... Same. Uh, and my... Like, I think it would just be... If I could get the exact drip just constantly through my system, that yeah. would be ideal. Um, but then, sometimes I feel like if I have half a gummy bear in, earlier in the day, then I get, like, too tired or foggy at night. Yeah. And I'm like, do, so do I have another gummy now, or do I start drink And... I mean maybe I sh- This is all to You know I should learn how to be sober Or something And sometimes that's fine But I'm also like I don't know I'm tired all the time I gotta figure out how to I wanna be hanging And be on and charming well, But then Well when it's that late at night Like cause most of these shows
3: Get out super late yeah. Like it's like What are you gonna do Most of the bars close At like two So you have to So sometimes you have to Like drink or You know smoke a little bit Just to kind of extend The length of the evening right. right
1: Sure I mean I think if you can If you I don't know you know if the bar closes at two if you go from the show that's over at midnight and you're there for an hour like you got right. your face time in yeah. and also you should be trying to like actually build relationships with these funny freaks that you get to hang out with you yeah. know it's not like you're just doing it to network like. well of course but i mean
2: yeah i don't know i hang i guess i guess that's the thing i've always known i need to hang out more um but then that social anxiety just keeps me you know or being tired or like you know not wanting well I used to have a lot more fears about driving but I got you know what I've talked myself through this alright <laughs> I'm gonna start I'm gonna start hanging out more
1: and I mean I smoke weed I haven't done a set without being high since I started yeah like I've been smoking weed since I was 14
2: How much? so how much weed do you smoke like so now, now I've, I've figured out
1: I don't so now when I'm home I really don't smoke a lot of weed unless I I mean at night I'll smoke weed but mm-hmm. like back in the day when I was in Denver all my friends smoked weed we were getting fucking ounces for free all the time just blunts all day, you yeah. know, and so it was easy to stay stoned throughout the day and everyone else is smoking weed and it's not a weird thing, you know, right. um, but yeah, now I figured out that like I'm more of a CBD guy. So mm-hmm. I have a specific strain of weed and if someone's like passing a joint, like I'll take a toke, but I'm not just going to smoke everything that comes my way anymore because yeah. I was starting to have panic attacks and shit. Like mm-hmm. weed took a weird turn with me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I definitely get my buzz on, but I know the amount I, pr- I think I drink too much on the road, honestly, for sure. Yeah. Because now I'm getting booze for free. And, you know, if you're in Springfield, Missouri, for the late show Saturday night, and you see mm-hmm. him come in, and they're a bunch of fucking mouth breathers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you're up against for an hour. Yeah. It's like, you gotta... I, 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 I get... Not that it ruins my performance, mm-hmm. but I definitely come off the road now, and I need, like, a day to recover. Yeah. Because I'm 30, but I've been doing this for a long time. And... I worry about those repercussions.
2: So if you're doing a show, are you getting drunk? Are you starting to drink before the show? And then, so how much will you drink before you get on stage?
1: Uh, I'm right around three beers. I like to get there an hour early, so I have like two hours before I go on. Mm -hmm. Scope out the room, uh, you know, glad hand everyone I got to meet. Introduce myself to the wait staff, the bar staff, try and remember those names, and then have a beer. And then... You know, right around three beers. Maybe get the fourth beer on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm also like six five, three hundred. Yeah, no, I was pounds. like, I'm doing the math. Yeah. divide
2: by two or three, and that's if I drink. Right, that, right.
1: See, it's not like I'm doing shots or anything like that. But then afterward, when they all everyone wants to hang out, yeah. it's like that's when. Not that you want to, not that you're afraid of looking like a wuss, but you definitely want to look like a good house guest. Is how yeah. I think about it. Like yeah. if you're offered, like, "Hey, you want to do a shot of Jameson?" It's like, "Yeah." You
2: want to turn down hospitality? Yeah,
1: like of course I'll do that shot. What time do you wake up? Do. Sorry. So no, I, I I I I'm up till when I'm home. I'm up till four or five. Mm-hmm. My wife's up late, and I like to write from like eight o'clock until about four o'clock.
2: Oh yeah, I've heard um, about that schedule.
1: Yeah, and then you know I'll sleep until one or two. Yeah. Because. You know, I got nothing to do. Yeah. It's all my time.
2: Yeah, sometimes I wonder if I should, like, just try to fully get my life into that schedule. Because...
1: I'm nocturnal, for sure. Because I'm
2: always tired. And it sucks to just be always tired at night. Yeah, so I'm just like, my personality... I'm not going to be that fun to hang out with after- at midnight or one. Because I'm like...
0: Oh, I think
1: people there. get it. The longer they do stand-up, the more they realize that people have day jobs. Yeah. You know? so it's like... When I used to run mics, if someone had to get up at 6 a.m., they got to go up first. Yeah. You know? So... Um, But I do have that thing at like 7 o'clock If I don't have a show Like I start getting the adrenaline Where I can like feel the show Sam coming on And Mm -hmm. you get kind of fidgety And you're like, what's going on? Like when I was in Italy with the wife It's like right around 2 in the afternoon Or whatever the time difference was I'd be like, what's Why am I feeling like Showtime tea right now? But it's just because I've trained myself (laughs) That's interesting To have like be in my top focus mode From like 7.30 onward You know what I mean? That's so
2: interesting So that's why when you're if you're going to be writing at night, you're doing it in that same time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because that's when my brain's the best, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just like to get that time in. And just writing's just about folk. You have to be in front of the keyboard. You know, mm-hmm. like you can sit there and fidget for a while, but like you're not going to do anything unless you're in front of the keyboard, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm not even a good joke writer. Like I don't like write. I've never sat down with a notebook. Mm-hmm. Well, not in like eight or nine years and like written out bits. So what are you
2: doing at the computer?
1: I'm writing my... Working on my fucking fiction. Oh, you're writing... Um, Yeah, so, like, I'll just... I just take bits to the stage and try and riff it out, Mm -hmm. pretty much. Like, you have a funny idea, and you just throw it in the middle of... your 45 to an hour and see what you can get out of it. Yeah. But I've never been, like, a disciplined sit down, write jokes kind of guy.
2: Well, and people always say that they're like, I've never been disciplined enough or I wish I wrote more, but I wonder if it's maybe just better to not, I mean, it's maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. different people are different, but maybe for you, the best way to do it is to, maybe you've jotted down the idea, Mm -hmm. but then riffing on stage is the best way. Like it, it's not that you necessarily would be better if you wrote more and in fact it might make it more stilted it might kind of disrupt your creative process
3: maybe it puts you in that fight or flight mode because you're right yeah. in the middle of the stage like you have to kind of work it out mm-hmm. in front of them and yeah. make it work and yeah. so the stakes are higher for your yourself
1: your ego makes you yeah. come up with something see um, I,
2: I think that I, should, I shouldn't should ever write out like thing. you know that you should just ever keep it there because if you if you write it out then those little phrases can solidify too much. I mean, if there's a phrase that you, you're you like, that's the punchline, that's it, that part is done, yeah. sure. But all the rest of it, if you ever write it out, it kind of makes it harden and... Well, and it becomes a monologue sometimes
3: yeah. where it's just like you're, you're anticipating like the twist of the joke mm-hmm. before the mm-hmm. audience does, I yeah. guess. So you kind of mess up your own timing because you're mm-hmm. just filling in the blanks. Right.
2: You, you want know? to keep it conversational. And so if you only ever tell it on stage if you ever only ever do that on stage it's going to stay alive and yeah yeah. i mean i think
1: well sure and like they did studies where like one side of your brain is like rote memorization Mm -hmm. and the other side is when you're riffing or off the top Mm -hmm. and it's like people could tell like they would have people like you know say something and then people who were watching them could tell when they were memorized totally so it's like it's a human thing and people always want you to be you know, as in the moment as you possibly can be on stage, like yep. the crowd likes that. You get a better response. Right. You know, hacky crowd work works better than any great joke anyone's right. ever written, you right. know? So as long as you're like trying to keep it fresh and you're not, you know, you're not, you, you're aware of when you're getting lazy with what you're doing, right. you know? But it's totally what you said, like it's fight or flight, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it could be also you know you got something to close with yes so it's like during check drop it's like okay I mean this is where I'm gonna try and put in that new thing about the way Italians say the word okay
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then it just grows or grows and then or you chop it you know yeah but I mean I forget more jokes than probably anyone yeah because I'll have like you know a set list that I'll be working for like a month and then you have that stuff but then you forgot about the stuff you were trying to work out before you know do
2: you think does it sometimes just come back in oh another for sure year, yeah, or your
1: so, friends will be like whatever happened to that joke right. and you're like holy shit see I can get so OCD about, about like, joke.
2: <laughs> like chronicling everything or like having all these notes and like having it all but I think if I learned mm-hmm. to let go more it would ultimately be better and the, it's like all that shit's still in your brain and or, or someone will remind you and yeah. and then it keeps it more alive I'm just afraid I'm gonna like end up in a chair
3: having dementia and then like telling old one liners that used to work <laughs> (laughs) they're like she's never said this before and i was like i did 20 years ago i don't know early onset i guess
1: yeah well i think it's a grass is greener thing too because like i envy people who can write one-liners and like write great bits Mm -hmm. that are very well fleshed out because a lot of my shit's like a lot of slap and tickle a lot of charm Mm -hmm. you know um it's not like i'm i'm not i don't have any points to what i'm saying you know i'm not like do There's any no of us politics? really like what I,
2: I have points? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: I don't have any.
2: I have a, an agenda. Okay. Yeah. Um, it might be slowly unfolding, but I had one. <laughs> uh. Well, yeah. It's just that line between like, when are you? Like what's trying your best And what's being disciplined Versus what is Is that Is stultifying You know And is it actually I'm like I'm so hard on myself And so it's like If I'm not writing But which kind of Hard on myself Should it be You know what I mean If I'm not writing Two hours a day Does that mean I'm not as good As it could be Or Would it be better For me to just sketch down whatever little bits. I mean, I try to write down any time something funny occurs to me. You know what I mean? But just sketch that down and then just take it on stage. Instead of trying to write first, just if I should just go up on stage and be free with that. Because a lot of times that's my favorite time. That's the best stuff yeah. comes out of that. Or I'll do it to friends, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, I have an idea. And they, I have friends who are like, they enjoy my new comedy stuff. And so, but I find that when I'm riffing in the moment with them... It's always the best for So sure. then if I just did that on stage it You know Or when I do it on stage It's also great So It just makes me wonder If I should not Instead of beating myself up Being like I gotta write And organize And look at all this stuff If I should spend that time Relaxing look, Getting into YouTube holes And <laughs> you know what I mean? Well maybe All that good hang time You're trying to work uh,
3: on Becomes a good hang on stage With the audience And then they're like Oh we're just hanging out With this cool guy And that's fun for them You know Wait you're saying The time that I Well like yeah well, I mean, just, uh, you're saying the time that you're riffing mm-hmm. with your friends is probably like when you're kind of figuring out those ideas the most, mm-hmm. but then I guess if the audience, if you translated that, right. Maybe, maybe there's more overlap than you think.
2: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's how it works. I just, I thought you had an idea for like how to find more time to hang out with people. <laughs> like instead of writing in the morning, wake up later and then use that time to party. <laughs> Be Sure. I mean just yeah just invite someone out for a lunch or something
1: you know? I would I would encourage being on stage over writing like mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're like am I going to make time to write for two hours or am I going to go hit a mic or two right. I'd always encourage going always to the mic stage. yeah
2: Yeah. well I always find time for both but then I'm like but then it still does take away from other time and I wonder if um, I wonder if a lot of my writing time is wasted and who knows you know what also maybe I'll just do experiments where for a month I, like, don't write out anything. Um, And and then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Just hit up all the mics. Yeah.
1: I mean, mics are terrible a lot of the time. Like, I get it. But if you're on stage, you can't practice stand-up unless you're on stage.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, you know, I do new material at shows. I don't. um, There's mics in town that I like. And then there's mics in town where I feel like. It's a waste of time, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm like, if I if I've already got shows booked, you know, you know, and then I'll take nights off to spend with my wife and hang out and do stuff, um, which I know is not your method, but I, you know, I'm like, is it if if the mics that I would be doing were shitty? There's you know four comics, it's outside, and yeah. you know whatever. Um, I feel like I'm past the point where that stage time is really going to help, but you think not?
1: I don't know. I mean, if you have a half thought out idea, mm-hmm. I'd take it to the stage. Even mm. if, I mean, you don't have to do 10 at a mic. You don't have to do five at a mic. You can do two things and get off stage, Yeah, which is something I never really figured out until recently because, you know, I don't go to all the mics in Vegas because they're so bleak yeah. and awful. But if I have something I've been thinking about for a couple of days, it's been making me giggle. I'll go and try and work it out for three minutes and then get out of the way.
2: Yeah, I guess that's the thing. If I really let myself like not do the pre-writing, yeah. um, then those mics would probably be more useful. And I need to just go that direction. Guys, I'm going to hang out more. I'm going to get drunk more. And I'm going to not do all the pre-writing. I'm going to get up there. It's just so vulnerable. Like, So if you start with like a really written out stuff really scripted and then like i've like whittled my way down to less and less and less scripted Mm -hmm. um but it's still so vulnerable if if people see you as funny and like as good to then get up with like this new thing where i'm like okay and i'll just be unprepared and we'll see what happens i know exactly what you're talking
1: about Mm -hmm. because when i would go out in denver i was expected to kill right because everyone you know or like jordan doll was expected to kill all my friends were expected to kill right and there's this fear of newer comics being like oh what's the hype on this guy right like why does everyone think he's so funny it's like well i'm fucking working out some shit you Mm -hmm. know like it's an open mic you dickheads
2: right so obviously i should just not give a fuck
1: you shouldn't give a shit right yeah people know you're funny just go try and get funnier you know and also when i get a joke that's like tired to me i try and like Set it up and I know what the setup is, I know what the punchline is, and I try and fill in everywhere in between with new stuff. New stuff, stuff totally. Because then it's like, you know, even if you're not writing, you're still working on this thing and hopefully getting a couple more tags or figuring out a new twist on it so it doesn't get fossilized or stale. You yes, know?
2: yes, that's exactly it. Um, okay, we have to like uh, veer toward our closing questions, but okay. did you? Well, no, because I think what we're talking about right now makes
3: a perfect segue into some of those questions, for sure. Like, uh, one of the questions that we usually like to ask comics is, like, what is something at an open mic that you hate seeing or is tired to you?
1: I don't like people on their phones. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Like, when people are on stage or when they're on stage?
1: I don't like it when people uh, are in the crowd on their phones at an open mic. Um, I don't like it when comics... Laugh for the wrong reason At a new person <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean Cause I mean I'm guilty I've been guilty Of people being So terribly unfunny That you're like We gotta get inside We gotta go see him you Yeah. Know? Oh you gotta see this guy You know yeah. uh, So like that's something That I think we should try And
2: Do you, you mean away because from. They're gonna they're, We're gonna hurt their feelings And that's awful Or because they hear laughs And sometimes you can see A look on their face Where they're like Oh that one worked And it
1: you're like no. Them. And also We were all terrible once Yeah Like people As soon as they have Like five minutes They're like Oh yeah Like I just was born with a great five Mm -hmm. it's like no you were shit for Mm -hmm. six months i saw you you were terrible Mm -hmm. now you're gonna make fun of this new person that's been doing it yeah so that kind of shit makes me mad um but yeah i mean i don't know talking during a comic set jesus what a right. scumbag move you're in the back of the room giggling or it's like oh and then if you went on stage and people did that it's always the people who are talking who then if you go if they go on stage and anyone's talking they flip out and right. storm off
2: it's so frustrating yeah i know it's like just be the audience member that you want people to be it's mm-hmm. so or go simple outside. or go outside yeah. yeah
1: if the room's empty that's an open mic right you know it's not like we all have to sit there and support each other for four hours but right. If you're just going to be disruptive or doing your own thing or trying to be the funny person in the room while someone else is on stage, just go outside. Smoke Mm -hmm. weed. Have a cigarette. You know? Just be funny outside. Hang out. Yeah.
2: Um, What is... Uh, if you could go back and tell yourself something
3: different. Sorry.
1: Um, oh. Did you mean comics on stage or comics in the crowd?
2: Uh,
3: uh, I was uh, trying to clarify if you meant comics on stage who had their phone, like oh, they were using it to no, look at stuff. Okay. Just
1: notes. Yeah. It's fine. You know, um, I've definitely read off my phone before. It all just depends it. on the context, yeah. really. On stage, just, there's a lot of hacky premises that people still do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Chaps my ass. What's we your favorite Haggy premise? Oh, man. Just a few of your favorite. Shit. I'm into a mic in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's so. hard to
2: come up with that one. Yeah, right?
1: I don't have I don't have it right at the but you know just everyone's got a fucking uber joke mm-hmm. you know i'm guilty i have an uber joke but it's about the funny face the driver made you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's like i don't know i can't think of any right now i know because it just i've so distanced it, myself i was just hoping because
2: it. it's always so hard to think of them i was just hoping you like, yeah. had a list memorized like oh when i hosted i oh, can't wait to talk about you know i
1: hosted two mics monday and tuesday back to back so i've saw Heard them all all yeah. of it yeah
2: yeah it's it's annoying when people say something that is like so far from original and a lot of the times they're they're young or something and I'm just like just oh you have no idea how this has already been discussed so mm. much people have covered this and way better than you like please Go read some books and watch them stand up and see where the conversation's at a little bit before you bring all your hot takes that have been been talked about, debunked, talked about, debunked. Um, Okay. So if you could go back into your first or second year version of you, like a Bill and Ted style, tell yourself some advice, what would it be?
1: I would have quit smoking cigarettes. Mm. I wouldn't have let cigarettes become such a part of getting ready for the stage, decompressing after a set, being nervous before a set, I just, I fucking hate smoking so much. And I'm yeah. like kind of stuck right now um, trying to quit so hard. But at the same time you're on the road, you have a couple, what are you going to do? And it's you wind up with a pack in your pocket after fucking 10 beers the night before, you know? Yeah. So that for sure. Also, uh, I probably would have not done close to 60 days on the road so often. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I would have figured out how to monetize myself in a way that... Didn't take so much of a physical and emotional toll on myself.
2: What do you think is the perfect amount of time?
1: Uh, now, for me, three days. Mm. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday. Come home. Come home. Have four days at home in your own bed, next to your loved one, with your dog. Uh, but I mean, if you're a kid, go out, you know? Right. Don't... Oh, you know what pisses me off the new comics do is they fucking, like, kickstart their tours they do.
2: Oh, is that a thing that's oh happening? Oh, my
1: God. I see so many people being like, I'm going on the road with a couple friends. We're going to be out for three weeks, and we've got four shows booked. Yeah. And we need, <laughs> we need ten grand, you know? It's like we need five grand, whatever for it hotels? is. hotels? Jeez. Hotels, <laughs> for renting a car, yeah, for, um, for eating three meals at restaurants, whatever it is. It's like I, I knew how to tour... I would dumpster when I was on the road. Sure. You know what I mean? I would shoplift. Yeah. I would sleep on floors. Yeah. And I have such a chip on my shoulder about just soft comics trying to tour so then they can tell everyone back home mm-hmm. that they're a working comic. and
2: Getting a check from their dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah their exactly. dad drops $2,000 in their Kickstarter. That's mm-hmm.
1: awful. But I mean, that shit, you know, people are born with different financial situations. So I've been able to kind of get over the fact that there's a lot of rich kids in comedy.
2: Although, fuck
1: you. Well, yes. But for a long time, though, I would like... it was a real problem for me Mm -hmm. when I knew where people's money was coming from like Mm -hmm. Kate Berlant's one of the funniest people there is in the world
2: and she's got like and I love her
1: but her dad's a world famous artist you know what I mean like a painter visual artist so for a while I had to work myself away from just automatically hating people because Mm -hmm. they didn't have to work as hard as I did
2: but it makes you funnier you'll still never be as successful as her probably but it makes you sure. funnier you and know? also
1: you know I'd, I'd had to call my mom every now and then <laughs> yeah you know like i don't know how i'm gonna get home from san francisco so your mom will help well i mean probably. back in the day i had to and i'd go and fucking move rocks on her property to pay it off and i just hated being beholden in that way so yeah. you know the very few times that i've had to ask for money I'm still ashamed of it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's yeah. less
3: shame now around like the culture for asking. Yeah, for there's money not more. enough shame.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah. Th- for so sure.
2: there's just people walking around just like kickstarting everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People like people, tw- some 26 year old the other day, very cavalierly talked about her dad paying her phone bill or some insurance or something. And, you know, I'm like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. I, whatever. <laughs> parents, stop spoiling your children. We have no parents who listen to this. Um, <laughs> My
1: dad way. might listen to this. Oh, actually. good. Anything I do, he'll listen to well, it. Well, he's sure. going
2: to stop spoiling you. Sorry. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> took that for you. <laughs>
1: All
2: right. So good. All well, those were good things to tell yourself. I think quit smoking is such a... Because it's... You know, you get It's like you were talking about That adrenaline That testosterone you get yeah. That night that you condition yourself You condition yourself to be like Alright, I gotta have three beers And a mm-hmm. cigarette And then afterwards The pleasure cycle I gotta have that cigarette oh, or yeah To comfort myself Or to celebrate, right? And if you build that up Then it's gonna be so hard To keep doing comedy without it And,
1: you know, Oh yeah No, I've definitely built a lot of bad habits.
2: And if we would all quit smoking and make it easier on everybody else, too, okay? Stop waving around your tempting cigarettes all the time, and it's Mm -hmm. socially comforting. (laughs) Have you tried vaping, though? Shouldn't we just be... I've
1: never tried vaping. I also like. There's a certain cachet to having oh, pack it's of definitely smokes in better in pocket. every way. You know, yeah, you just, I feel like a cool guy. Yeah, like a cowboy. Yeah, I feel like a desperado.
2: Well, and it just you talk about being a good hang, like having a cigarette yeah. for someone and d- being part of that world is so much better. Yeah. Like, what can we replace that with? Well, you don't want to share your vape unless the person's like not weird yeah. about germs.
1: Can I bum a vape, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. That sucks. Yeah, we should replace smoking. We have to replace it with something else that has the same communal you know st- what, what a-
1: Klonopin. Klonopin. <laughs> Yeah, you heard it here first right? just share wanna, scripts yeah dude yeah. I'm so afraid of I mean I like a Xanax every now and then like anyone does but man I don't know how people can have a prescription to that shit without just turning into yeah. a real fun person mm. you know what I mean mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, what is the best piece of advice that another comic maybe gave you
1: uh, well, you know, the late, great T.J. Miller, uh, you know. it's
2: just funny because a couple of times you have, like, done a T.J. Miller voice in this conversation. I almost He's
1: from Denver, mm-hmm. so we definitely have uh, the same accent here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, he was the one who told me, if you're not getting on stage, someone's getting funnier than you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So get on stage, you know, all the time. And, uh, you know, he definitely has his problems now, but... He was in the moment as much as anyone doing stand-up um so yeah that was the best piece of advice that i ever got just always get on stage every night you possibly can because else you're not going to be as funny as someone else
2: yeah we're, uh, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given about comedy
1: uh probably that uh you know just anytime anyone tells you you can't talk about a certain thing mm. or you know like uh, the way you should deliver a joke anytime anyone's trying to make you sound more like them
0: mm-hmm.
1: like when it's like actual advice about how to do stand-up as opposed to how to pursue and become better at the art form Mm -hmm. i just think that's bullshit i think a lot of comics take advice from people who don't have 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then they get bad habits so Mm -hmm. if anyone tells you how how to be yourself on stage just don't ever do that Mm -hmm. never listen to someone trying to form you to sound more like them or to do it their way Mm but you know if it's like tip the weight staff uh, that kind of stuff like move the mic stand behind you like yeah. the mechanical bits of stand up like that's a fine place to take advice but you can't let someone influence your voice or how you do it
2: Word. see that right there do it like the way you said that was just, but maybe that's a Denver thing
1: yeah no I mean I've, I have I've hear a lot of people from Denver who, start listening for that yeah I you, love you, little accent things
2: yeah um, and then what if you could change one thing about we'll say the Denver comedy scene what would it be um i assume there's plenty to change about the las vegas scene but. yeah
1: i really i mean denver was such there's a nothing. fucking glory place you know um let's see more free drinks for performers
2: <laughs> how much is more pay when we're in
1: well no because denver's always been so great about paying but not usually free drinks yes yeah, so we have like, the you know, opposite
2: problem here i'm like stop giving us drink tickets and yeah. give us money
1: I would like to see more uh, spaces where 18-year-olds could get on stage. Because huh. there's been so many Vice Squad busts. And I started when I was underage. So the fact that I had, like, one place I could go. Mm-hmm. And then my mics were always, you know, you get in, you stamp your hand, you stay away from the bar if you're underage. Mm-hmm. That was, like, a big mandate with everywhere yeah. that I ever went. Or, like, you know, set up shows. So, yeah, I just think it's a it's a good thing for little freaks to be able to do. Yeah. Um, and also you get to see that there's, like, a whole group of people who were like you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like I'm I'm glad that I met stand ups when I was young and I found this thing because fucking hey, who knows what would've happened to me if I didn't mm. find stand up, you know. I would have been a repugnant probably.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Well I was like, I agree with that. You probably would be repugnant. Yeah. No, but I was just thinking about all of us. Like people who are supposed to be doing stand up, yeah, what else would you be doing? Uh, yeah, preacher, I guess, maybe. Oh man island of misfit toys pretty oh, much for sure the one thing we didn't ask is um you, have you started a new podcast huh? yeah the shine
1: yeah shining Shinin with sam and dave yeah it's my buddy david Bory and i he was the best man at my wedding he's, he has a conan credit he's very funny i've known him since ninth grade mm-hmm. so uh yeah we were just talking about we were lamenting uh not being able to monetize our adamant but small fan base mm-hmm. so yeah we were like let's team up and try and get a Patreon going. Yeah. So maybe we can pay our rent, you know, just from the Patreon type thing.
0: Yeah. It's I a mean, total
1: cash grab. No, I mean totally. It's, it's a good content. And I mean, people have been asking me and David to do something like this for a while because we do have 15 years of, you know, banter, like just the way we talk to each other is yeah. so sharp that uh we finally decided to do it but it's definitely like a new income stream
2: totally i mean that's the thing is a lot of times people who are your fans like they want to have a way to support you Mm -hmm. but a lot of times they're going to a show and they're like i can't help that this is a free show and there's no one has put a tip jar out at all and Mm -hmm. so like if you have these people who want more content from you and then who are a lot of people are going to be more than happy to do patreon stuff especially if you give them little things like it's what they want is to support the artists that yeah. they love so
1: i mean i sold 300 t-shirts last year from people who like me mm-hmm. you know so i was happy about that but at the what same your time t-shirts look like uh i had a snake on a cross design mm-hmm. it was like a snake an s and a t you know um cool. i had the toy machine knuckles where it's like toy machine but uh-huh. sam talent Oh, gotcha. And then the new one was just this drawing uh, my friend Mallory did of me as like a gift. Mm-hmm. and I monetized that shit right away. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Um, but yeah, just like a googly eye drawing of me that I got on a shirt.
2: Cool. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah.
1: buying a printing press. That's the plan this yeah. year. Yeah. Because.
2: Yeah. There you go. There's another piece of advice: buy a printing press.
1: How yeah. much are they? Uh, like I, I found one for like thirty five hundred bucks in Atlanta.
3: Will you be doing all the screen printing yourself yeah. just at two a.m. Mm-hmm. Just like very zen.
1: Yeah no cause I mean forever with my band we used to make our own screens and do it that way I like and red. now I s- I'm selling shirts right now at the Velve this weekend that are uh, uh, a sharpie design mm. like a stencil that I made that then I go through and make every shirt with the sharpie ah uh, interesting cause it just got too messy screen printing uh, then the screens, you got to make a new screen, and gotcha. yeah, it gets tiresome.
2: So you gonna like rent out your press for other comics?
0: Like, oh.
1: Uh, you know, if they want to come to the house and use it, I probably wouldn't try and uh, charge them for it, but they'd have to do all the fucking work. I'm not gonna make yeah, I was someone's. Yeah, so you can't make it for them. I was just no. thinking they
2: can, they can do them. Um, Okay, cool. So let's move on to endorsements. Um, we are we have run out of time, so we like to endorse comics, like preferably comics that have. A good amount of content online yeah. But In um, you know, one way or another But that aren't it, it, Really anybody But like Louis C.K. level Is fine Because sure. there's a lot of comics That I haven't gone around To checking out Even if they are extremely famous So just Whoever you feel like You can do one to three people But we'll have me and Brett go first If yeah. you want to take a moment um, I finally did listen to some comedy This week I haven't had to like Cheat and do podcasts uh, Lately But I finally listened to The Barry Crimmins Album, um, I don't know if there's more, but the mo- I, most recent one, his first one, whatever it was, was so good, was so good. I think five tracks made it into my comedy I like file on that I'm saving up on Spotify. So it's a pretty good rate for yeah. for me, me. Usually zero. Often I try to find one that I'm like, this is good enough to remember this comic, but five tracks, smart, smart, wise stuff. Very good. Nice. Yeah.
3: Uh, I must confess I've been really deep in anime right now. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh I'm a little I'm I'm a little shaky to the real world. Um I don't know. Uh it's like when people ask you what your favorite band is and it's like I've never heard music before in my whole life you asking me to pull from the ether
2: I mean you knew you were coming (laughs) here today but yes yes
3: yes yes yes. (laughs) I tell you man that anime thing it is it's a visual portal Mm -hmm. it is (laughs) I'll take your word for it I'm gonna I'm gonna lend my time to Sam so if you want to double down get two
1: uh well David Borey for sure uh David G-B-O-R-I-E he's got a Conan set out there uh i mean i he's my blood brother so i'm kind of you know i don't know if i have the best uh, lens to view him in but i love him very much watch mm-hmm. him there's a guy named jordan Dahl who mm-hmm. makes me laugh more than most people ever have um i don't know what he's probably got some stuff online he has like a web comic he's doing too and then uh i really gotta give it up for caper land caper land is probably my favorite comic to watch live um I know I mentioned earlier that I don't... We take it all back, Kate. Yeah. No, I mean, I, we're tight. Like, I, we're, you know, I mean, we're as tight as people who see each other four times a year are. But, yeah, I really love Kate. If you can see her live... Uh, that's she's as good as it gets all those
2: people with those cool you know New York parents are are really awesome because they get raised in a cool diverse yeah. place with crazy shit going on all the time and they have all these weird experiences that lead to them being great artists and that's great
1: you know? oh yeah like Broad City Rules yeah, broad but then City's you the hear those best. girls have a conversation when they're not in character mm-hmm. and it's the most like you know seven sisters collegiate type thing it's just mm-hmm. so grating and terrible because yeah, they've only hung out with pretentious people their entire life it's
2: funny I've never actually listened to them so oh I, yeah now I should should I or shouldn't I ruin them? I
1: wouldn't yeah. ruin it because yeah. I definitely I watch it, don't cool. like that glazer girl gotcha like I can't stand her I mean her show it's a great show I love the show Very but funny. the idea of her just pisses me off okay I'm just not gonna watch Cause oh. she's been silver spooned
2: ignorance is bliss
3: yeah
1: <sighs>
2: yeah well spoiler alert <laughs> all right um okay so oh yeah we have to say goodbye somehow and then and then there's other things that happen oh (laughs) wait plugs hey what do you want to plug yeah sorry i'm very oh you can
1: just you plug my podcast shining with sam and dave we're on stitcher and i think we're on itunes now we've only done two episodes but it's
2: also unlaughable yeah it turns out Mm -hmm. um
1: yeah oh follow me on instagram that's something i need to get my i need to get those followers up here what's Uh, your
2: instagram
3: yeah at
1: sam talent s-a-m-t-a-l-l-e-n-t we were talking about
3: this just outside so i might have to get an instagram to follow yeah Yeah. it tells me to invite you all the
2: time brett that's what people tell you everyone's like they're always saying invite you well
0: i
1: know i
2: did follow you the other day because or on my other account i did okay
1: it's a narcissistic thing I, I see my friends with a little more followers and I'm like, I got to get those numbers. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm pretty new yeah. to it too, though. You know? I, know,
3: I just, I just don't take pictures. I, I don't like, I've been with my boyfriend two years and I think we have one photo together. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to cultivate an air of mystique.
1: Sure. You know, I, that's cool much. too.
3: But now it's all about, it's all about those, like the followers of branding, getting show information out and things yeah. like that. So it's handy for that.
1: Well, I don't have like, I have like two mixtapes online. So mm-hmm. the fact that people can't find my stuff online has kind of created this like mystique where people have to see me live.
0: That's nice. cool. So like
1: not having that huge thing that everyone's doing kind of can work out for your favor, you know?
2: You gotta learn how to play those cards.
3: Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: hmm mm-hmm. um, right. So, and then can they just go to samtalent.com? Yeah, okay.
1: there's all my dates on there.
2: Cool. And Brett, do you want to plug stuff? This is going to come out the 8th. The
3: 8th, uh, so on the 12th, I will be doing Turnt at uh, Kickbutt Coffee. And then on the 14th of that week, I believe you're going to be on that show too, Ariel. We're doing a Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day show yeah. at the Urban Outfitters.
2: Yes, at the mm. Space 420 at Space the Urban Outfitters. Yeah, come to that um, tonight. Uh, doing Gut Busters at Hops and Grain. New comics, if you've never been to that show, you really ought to see it. Uh, every Tuesday and Saturday at the Gatsby 9.30 on Tuesdays and 10.30 on Saturdays Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff here but I don't really care about reading this out to hmm. to our comic audiences follow me on Twitter at Poop Tampon and if you don't have a Twitter that's great thank you if you don't have a Twitter have a Twitter and write jokes on there I don't
1: tweet see
2: yeah but <laughs> yeah. you know I, I you are maybe past that like I feel like the rest if you don't have all your shit established at this point you just gotta be trying everything sure I think you gotta have a Twitter and an Instagram and LinkedIn, LinkedIn.
0: yeah <laughs> I should probably
2: <laughs> update my LinkedIn, yeah. I don't know, but what do I know? What do I know? Okay. Thanks, Sam.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think if you write jokes on it, it's good, but I just hated I, uh, the what, interactions I would have on The things Twitter. that
2: people are doing on there, some of it I do not understand, yeah. It, it's just, to me, it's like, yeah, this is a great place to be funny, but anything else, it's, it's, I don't get it. Some people just put, like, happy like sayings or whatever, you know. They're just mm-hmm. like feel good about yourself. Like, what? Why? Yeah. I and mean,
3: then it's got like more likes than the joke. You
1: it's so weird. Sure. Ugh, yeah.
2: it's so weird. All right. Thanks, hey, Sam.
1: Yeah. Bye, guys. Thank you.
0: Adios. Yeah